Hello darlings, welcome to episode 8 of the Moon and Stars Hypnobirthing Podcast with me, Faye. Hello, thank you for coming back. I love you all. I really appreciate anyone that's listening because I think I've said quite a few times when I'm just sat here recording, it just feels like I'm talking to myself. So um, yeah, thank you. I love you all. And to the person that rated me one star, somebody rated me one star last week. You're a bastard. <laughs> no, it's fine. People, Some people love it, some people hate it, and that's fine. But I'm just annoyed because it's taken me down from five stars on Apple Podcasts to 4.9. That's really pissed me off because I love to be in a five-star rated podcaster. But anyway, it doesn't matter. If you like the podcast, please can you rate it five stars for me? If you don't like it, that's cool. Don't listen. <laughs> That's why I always think it's weird, because I'm just like, don't listen then. But anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the third stage of labour. So this is the part where your placenta comes out. So you've given birth by this bit, and then your placenta is going to come out afterwards. In the previous episode, I talked about the second stage of labour, which is when your baby comes out. So if you didn't hear that, go back and check that out, and then come back and listen to this. So this is all about the placenta, which... I don't know about you guys, but I had no idea about the placenta really. Until I was, I sort of knew that I knew what the placenta was. But when I was actually pregnant, I was like, so what actually happens? And I realised that I didn't know. And I remember like reading about it and like trying to understand what was going to happen. So I'm going to talk you through it and I'm going to kind of tell you how it feels as well. Um, to hopefully help you feel a bit more prepared. Let me know. Send me a little DM on Instagram, Moon and Stars Hypnobirthing. And let me know if you knew much about the placenta before this episode or before you were pregnant, because I feel like it's a bit of a mystery, a mysterious organ that we just grow. It's the only organ that we grow and and don't need. Like once we've had our babies, we we get rid of it. So your placenta right now is currently attached to the wall of your uterus where your baby is being housed. And the umbilical cord is attached to your baby. So it goes from the placenta to your baby. And the placenta delivers blood like oxygenated blood and nutrients through the umbilical cord and then it also removes your baby's waste products so it's pretty awesome it's actually really amazing and after after birth it's no longer required and baby will be born and the placenta will come afterwards but there's a couple of ways this can happen well there's, there's three ways actually so we've got active management of the third stage physiological third stage or a mixture of the two and I'm going to explain what all of it means but when your baby's born you will see the baby obviously and you will see the umbilical cord which is attached to its belly button and you'll see that it's like pulsing which sounds a bit if you're squeamish that might not be a a good vision but it'll be pulsing because blood is continuing to be passed from the placenta to your baby and when baby's born, there's about 30% of their blood left in the umbilical cord and placenta. And that 30% is beneficial because, well, it's 30% of its baby's blood. I always say, I'd want 30% of my blood back. Um, and it's full of iron as well. And iron, your baby can store the iron for up to six months, which helps with baby's cognitive development, sort of like their brain development and stuff. So it's very, very, very beneficial but back in the old days, and it still does happen now a bit, but back in the old days when you and I were born, the cord would have just been clamped and cut straight away. Like it was just procedure, you just clamped and cut the cord straight away. 
So that's 30% of your baby's blood that that they don't get back. By delaying that process, so delayed cord clamping, you allow the baby to get back its blood and its nutrients and its iron. So, I mean, if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Like, we're all okay, aren't we? And we didn't probably have delayed cord clamping. But we do know now that it is super, super beneficial. So it makes sense for it to happen. So that's what we mean by delayed cord clamping. So after birth, I think the guidelines here in the UK are to wait for one to three minutes. But you can ask for longer. So what really what you want to do is ask for optimal cord clamping. I say ask, it's like request optimal cord clamping because that means when the cord has stopped pulsing so the baby's got all the blood back and you will see that the cord goes from like white and plump to like you can just see that there's nothing left in there basically sorry it goes from like a bluey like color where all the blood's going through to like a white color and it's just got nothing in and it's not pulsing anymore so that's the kind of optimum thing that you want to ask for so if you have active management of the third stage of labor what will happen is your baby will be born you'll be given an injection of synthetic oxytocin to make your womb contract because what happens is after the birth of your baby when your womb contracts your womb will contract again so that's also something that i didn't know i had no idea about i'm thinking what the fuck but your womb will contract because what it's doing is it's contracting And as it contracts, it shrinks back down to its normal size. So before you're pregnant, your uterus is the size and shape of a pear. And then once your baby's fully grown, your uterus, so your womb, like where your baby's been, like, you know, housed, is the size of a watermelon. So it grows and expands, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, So after baby's born, it it will, like, start contracting to shrink back down. And as it shrinks back down and contracts, the the placenta can detach itself from the uterine wall and then it can come out. And then your uterus will continue to contract so that, and as it does that, it closes off the open blood vessels left behind from the placenta. So the placenta comes away and it leaves like a large mass of open blood vessels and that's where a lot of blood loss comes from after birth. And then as your uterus contracts, it shrinks down and it closes off those blood vessels stemming blood loss. How amazing is the human body? So by having active management, it increases your risk of not experiencing heavy blood loss after birth. But to be honest with you, in this country, in countries like the UK and like very developed countries, it's quite rare for that to happen. Um, so it, uh, what I would like to say is have a look into this yourselves. Have a look into active management, physiological management. Do your own research and decide what's best for you. But physiological management is where you just, it just happens naturally. And when you do that, normally, I say normally, we're all different, remember, but usually the placenta would come out within sort of half an hour to an hour after baby's been born. Um, it could be a bit quicker, it could be longer. Again, that's something to just have a look into it and see how you feel about it um, and decide what's best for you. But mixed management is when you can say, well, actually, I'd like to wait for the cord to stop pulsing then you have the injection and then the placenta comes out after that. So it's up to you to decide what's best. And if you're giving birth in the water, you'll be, you probably will be advised to get out to birth the placenta. But actually, it's your choice. You can stay in the water if you want to. The reasons they might tell you to get out of the water is because they will want to monitor blood loss because 
obviously if you're in water they can't tell exactly how much you've lost but I think a rule of thumb is if they can't see your feet then it's too much and um, but again look into that yourself and see what feels right for you but you absolutely are allowed to stay in the pool if you want to but most people and uh, most midwives will recommend that you get out of the pool but like I said it's completely up to you then your midwife will inspect the placenta to make sure it's all there and everything's looking good if you're squeamish it's probably not the best idea but if not do have a look at it and ask the midwife to show you as well. It's very, very, it's, I found it fascinating. The midwife did like almost like a little tour of it with me and she was showing me all different things and explaining everything to me. And I, I did actually enjoy seeing seeing my own presenter, but I don't really enjoy looking at others, if I'm honest, because I'm quite squeamish. <laughs> so many people ask me if I'd be a doula and I'm like, no. I think people are always quite shocked, but I'm just like, no way, I'm too squeamish. I wouldn't be a good doula, I'd be terrible. Um so yeah midwife will inspect it and then it's up to you what you do with it you can stick it in the bin if you want to you can consume it and by consume i mean you could literally eat it if you want to it can be made blended up by special companies and put into milkshakes you could do it yourself sorry i don't know if i could do that i really admire people that can do it because i kind of wanted to but i just i can't um but you can see me it's meant to be very very good for you lots of people swear by it for their mood for milk supply for energy um all of the again look into it yourself because there are i might get i might do an episode with a placenta encapsulation expert actually and then um talk about all the benefits and stuff but people absolutely swear by it um you can bury it in some countries it's customary to bury it um and kind of put the the placenta back in the land where the baby comes from, which I think is really beautiful. I think the word for placenta, you know, I can't remember what language it is, but the, there's a word where the word placenta does actually mean land or like motherland, something like that. It's really beautiful. Um, you can have a lotus birth, which is where you just keep the umbilical cord attached to baby and you bring the placenta home until it just comes off naturally. Which, when I first heard about that, I was like, ugh, why would you do that? Like, ugh. But actually, there's a lot of benefits because if the baby's still attached to the placenta, you can't really do much. Like, I guess you could put it in a bag and stuff like that, but you can't really leave the house. It normally takes about seven to ten days for the umbilical cord to kind of come separate naturally. But it means that the baby just kind of stays with you and you don't really have to move. You can just lie in bed for ten days. <laughs> like, there, there are quite a lot of benefits to that as well. So again, have a look into it. It's called Lotus Birth. And then you can have artwork made out of it. You can have placenta prints. There's all sorts of amazing things you can do with it. So if you fancy it, have a little look and see what you fancy doing. Mine personally went in the bin because, I don't know, I just don't think I'd want to do any of those things. I think maybe looking back, if I knew what I knew now, I'd maybe bury it. But you'd have to bury it really deep so that the foxes didn't get it. But I'd possibly bury it because I think that's quite beautiful and like plant a lovely tree or something. Um... But yeah, when your placenta comes out, so your womb will contract and your placenta will come out. It's not like giving birth again, or at least it wasn't for me. I do remember having a bit of gas and air, partly just because I loved it. Like when I was giving birth, I was loving the gas and air. So I think I just was like, any excuse. But no, I had a bit of gas and air and it felt fine. It wasn't painful and it just kind of slides out. For want of a better way to put it, it just slid out. Um, like I said, it didn't hurt. You can obviously feel it coming out, but... Oh God, do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say it because you, you lot know. Also, yeah, I probably should say that I'll probably swear in this podcast. I haven't yet. I'm doing pretty well this week, aren't I? Um, 
But just to let you know, it kind of feels like a tampon when you pull out a tampon. There you go. That is, a, it's a very similar feeling to that. Um, yeah, and then it just comes out and then you just chill with your baby. You're done. You're done. Um, but as I mentioned before, you can have active management. Or if you go for physiological management, so when you just do it completely naturally with no like medical intervention, putting your baby onto your chest for skin to skin can really help the process. Because when you put your baby on you for skin to skin, and you're cuddling them, you're sniffing their head, which leads me to don't put hats on newborns because why? The smell of a newborn's head is just delicious. It is the most, it is the best smell in the whole world. So don't put a hat on it. Sniff that. Sniff that baby's head like you've never sniffed anything in your life before. <laughs> Honestly, it's the most incredible smell. I just remember sniffing my baby's head like, oh my God, this is just the best smell. So no hats on newborns, please. Unless you're outside and it's cold. Um, so yeah, when you put your baby on your chest and you're sniffing their hairs, you're loving life, that produces a big burst of oxytocin, like a huge burst of oxytocin. And that burst of oxytocin will make your uterus contract because that's what makes your uterus contract. And if you've listened to any of my previous, previous episodes, you'll know this because I talk about it a lot. But that big burst of oxytocin will make your uterus contract even more so if your baby's breastfeeding. So if, you're choo- if you choose to breastfeed, that helps your womb contract as well. And even for a few days afterwards, when you're breast- if you're breastfeeding, you'll notice your womb contracting. Um, I didn't breastfeed, not even for a second, so I don't know how that feels, but friends and clients and stuff tell me that you, know, you can feel it contracting. So baby on you, if they're breastfeeding, you'll have even more oxytocin, which makes your uterus contract, which will get your placenta out again. How efficient and amazing are our bodies? Like there's a whole there's a whole way that your body can just do it by itself. And I'm just like, that's amazing. Oxytocin releases everything. Like um skin to skin makes it all happen. And another thing it, that skin to skin does for your baby, so when you've just got your baby completely on you naked, so your chest or tummy or whatever, you're naked and your baby's naked on your chest it can um, help regulate baby's temperature. So it can literally make your baby warmer or colder. So if your baby's too hot, your chest will cool down and make your baby cooler. Again, how bloody amazing is that? If your baby's too cold, your chest will warm up and warm up your baby. Unbelievable. This is another reason why we don't need hats on newborn babies because our bodies can do it all. Um, It regulates baby's sugar levels. So um, when you release oxytocin, make sure and your baby's on you and they're feeling secure and they're happy and they're warm they release oxytocin as well or like some kind of hormone that makes them uh, makes their uh, digestive system work properly and really efficiently and so it helps them to grow um and yeah just helps them feel safe and secure helps them feel good and also i think babies do experience pain during birth as well so having that skin to skin can make them feel very safe and it can release oxytocin which can help them with their pain as well so isn't it amazing but the other thing is with the placenta coming out it's also really beneficial to have the kind of atmosphere that you had for birth so again if you've listened to my previous episodes you'll know about this but i am going to do a whole i think the next episode is going to be all about environment but for for birth to work as 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 well as possible we need to have an environment that feels cosy, comfortable, warm, safe and familiar because we're mammals and mammals like to give birth in a space that feels safe because, you know, it just makes sense, right? 
So for birth, we want dim lights, we want familiarity with things like if you're not giving birth at home, so you might want to bring to the hospital, you can bring something that smells nice, like a room spray or a diffuser. Um, you can bring your own pillow from home because it feels nice, but also the smell helps. Um, mute, you can have music playing, like your favourite songs, or if you've listened to hypnobirthing tracks, all that kind of stuff. You can have that with you to make the environment feel really familiar and safe and cosy and with the placenta it's the same thing that will also work because those things help you release oxytocin so if you're feeling really good really cozy comfortable you're cuddling your baby that's all good and I actually heard a story a little while ago that was there was a woman that the placenta was just taking quite a long time to come out and the doctors were starting to say right we might have to move she wanted a physiological management and the doctor said we might have to move on to an active management now because it's taken a bit too long so we need to get this out. Um, I don't know how long it had been but she agreed. No, I think she said okay I'd like to try a few more things first and then I'll, I'll try that. So she had a doula with her. I'm sorry if you don't know what a doula is it's somebody that it's like a birth partner but they know lots about birth. They're very well trained. Have a look into them. They're amazing as well. I would definitely have a doula at my next birth. Um, but they both, they're, not, they're not midwives and they're not doctors but they are birth companions and there's so many studies that show that having a doula really increases your chances of not tearing, not having a C-section, not having forceps, not having an epidural. Like there's so many, um, you know, if you're really looking to have a birth, like an unmedicated birth scenario, a doula is the one. Or even if you're not, you can probably get doulas for C-sections as well. Have a look into it and I will get a doula on. I'll get, um, I'll get one of my friends, I've got lots of doula friends, so I'll get a, a doula on to talk about being a doula but um anyway so she had a doula and the doula said let's try setting up a really like beautiful like birth nest she basically made this den like like you do when you're a kid with like blankets and she put some things together and made like this den and she put like all fairy lights around it she put cushions inside it like it was this really like beautiful little private den she said go in that den get on all fours just like just wait she went in the den she went in the den, she got on all fours, percent came out in about 10 minutes, really, really quick. So all she needed was that, just that bit of privacy. And also, same goes with birth positions, being on your back probably isn't the best position. So upright positions, so things like all fours, standing up, leaning over something, squatting, sitting on the loo is a really good one. But you might not want to be sat on the loo with your baby. Um, so, yeah, but... Um, being upright is really beneficial as beneficial as well so yeah so that's my kind of my top tips for your uh your placenta so i guess something somebody asked me recently was what are the benefits of active management and what are the benefits of physiological management um so i guess if i had to really say what the benefits of active management are i would say that it's all done much more quickly your percent is likely to come out much more quickly than if you have physiological management and if you've had a very long difficult labor you might just be like i'm done i'm not waiting another hour i'm done here and that's fine it's up to you at the end of the day um and it could stem blood loss but 500 to a thousand mils is normal so i'm not really sure about that i feel like i'm going to look into that and just do some sort of instagram post because i just wonder how outdated this information is because I wonder in like developed countries do women really is it necessary for active management is what I'm getting at and it could help a, a retained placenta which is when the placenta just doesn't want to come out 
So those are the benefits. Benefits of physiological management is obviously there's no medical intervention because, you know, there's side effects with every medical intervention. I think with um, these synthetic oxytocin that they use for active management, it can make some people feel or be sick. Um, it probably does interfere with the natural hormones. Again, I need to look into this. I don't really want to say too much when I don't actually know, but I'm going to look into whether active management affects the hormones, the natural birthing hormones and what the ins and outs of that are. So I will share some more information about that. But yeah, it's not really mentioned in any kind of NHS. When I was sort of doing my prep for this podcast episode, there's not really much about any of the cons. There's pros, but there's no cons. So I'm going to look into it. Let me know. If any birth workers listen to this, which I know some do, and you've got any information, please could you let me know? Because I'd love to have a look into that. Um, but yes, the other thing I wanted to say is make sure that whatever you choose to do, make sure it's in your birth plan and make sure your birth partner knows so that they can advocate for you if necessary. So I remember the midwife trying to cut the cord at one point and my husband went, no, 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 she wants to wait until that stopped pulsing. And the midwife's like, oh, oh, okay. So I was really grateful that my husband stepped in there because I wouldn't have had a clue. After you've just given birth and I had a really, like, really positive experience, but you're just so, like, you're just looking at your baby, like, you don't really know what's going on for, like, quite a while. So you, you might need somebody there to advocate for you. So I was really grateful that my husband knew what was going down. Um, and also you need to have it in your birth plan what you want to do with your placenta because I think I have I have heard stories where hospitals just got rid of them and the person didn't want them to get rid of it. And also some hospitals were caught selling placentas to cosmetic companies without the permission of the person that owned it. How fucked up is that? Yeah, so your foundation or your makeup could have a bit of a someone's placenta in it. So yeah, have a look into that as well. It's quite interesting. So naughty. But I'd love to know what you're not going to do with your percenters. Let me know if you're going to do anything, because I like hearing about those stories. And it also let me know if you've, in a previous birth experience, if you've um, consumed your percenter or done anything with it, let me know how that was. I'd love to share some of that information. And, yeah, also you can apply your breathing techniques as well. So you can apply your breathing techniques for when you're, gonna, when you're pushing your baby out, and I shared a breathing technique in last week's episode. When you're pushing your baby out, you want to breathe in through your nose... And then push the air out forcefully through your mouth. And that will help your placenta to come out as well. So yeah, and use gas now if you want to. Um, yeah, it's all good. I, I actually, I was really worried about this part of labour because I didn't really know much about it. Like whenever you ask anyone their birth story, they'll never go, oh yeah, another placenta and tell you all that. Um, it's, like I said, it felt like a bit of a mystery. So yeah, mystery solved. Mystery, <laughs> mystery solved. So yeah, that, that's all I've got to say for, for this week, guys. But I am going to add on, um, just quickly after I've recorded this, I'm going to add on a breathing guided relaxation stroke breathing episode for you for the pushing phase of labour. So I'm just going to add that. I'm just going to get into that straight away. I'm not going to waffle or anything. Just so that if you want to listen to it more than once, it's not annoying. <laughs> yeah, so as always, if you could rate, review and subscribe, I would be really, 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 really... Um, grateful like super grateful because it boosts my podcast and the algorithms and then more people get to learn about birth with me and learn about hypnobirthing which is obviously the mission here and um yeah amazing thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it love you all let me know if you're listening i want to know you i do get quite a lot of messages 
from you lot um saying that you love the podcast and whatever so if you're if you're someone that's really enjoying it let me know man don't just let me sit here talking to myself <laughs> right so i did pull a card as well just before the episode i don't i pull the card but i don't actually read the um the spiel for it until i do the episode so it's always new to me as well um, so these cards that I use, they're, they're the Starseed Oracle by Rebecca Campbell, who I love. And the cards are beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous. So this is called, the card I pulled is called The Void. Stop, embrace winter. Great cosmic womb. That's funny. <laughs> great cosmic womb. Right? Stop, embrace winter. Great cosmic womb. Everything and nothing exists in the void. It's where all life begins and ends. It's the writer, sorry, it's the winter and the womb. The fertile darkness where all things originate and all seeds grow. Comforting and intimidating, freeing and daunting. Wow. It can feel both overwhelmingly small and huge. The void is where faith lives. The message of the void is to surrender to the unknown, to allow the fertile darkness of nothingness to nourish the new seeds growing within you. That's weird. Regardless of whether you know what they'll one day become, you're being called to surrender to the mystery of what's next to rest and to allow winter of your life to do the work for you, to hand over your control and trust that just because you can't see what's happening beneath the surface, it doesn't mean things aren't at work. The greatest weavings happen when we find a way to surrender and trust that our life is being knitted for us, right beneath the surface, in ways known and unknowable. Now is the time to cultivate faith and allow deep, deep rest. The void often surfaces to the end at the end of a chapter or life phase, when we're called to let go of all that we know and identify with. When you're in the void, it can feel scary and as if you should be doing something. However, when this card appears, it's a sure sign that the most productive thing to do is relinquish control and surrender to the changing mystery of your life. Starseed Soul Inquiry. How are you being called to surrender to the unknown mystery of your life? Ooh, I like that. I love pulling these cards because it just makes me think about things that I would never normally think about. Like ever. I would never have thought about that. Not in my life. Never. So it's quite nice to, quite nice to have those prompts. Anyway, hope you loved today's episode. Hope you loved today's episode. I'll catch up with you soon. I'm going to do another episode now about breathing and then I'll be back next week. I am going on holiday in August. So I'm going to try my best to pre-record a couple of episodes for my holiday. But I'm not sure if I'm going to get it done, to be really honest with you, because I've got so much going on in my life right now. So I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to. I'm going to try my best though. But if not, there'll be two weeks with no episodes. Um, So yeah, I just want to put that out there so I can take the pressure off myself. You know what I mean, babes? But anyway, thank you. I love you and I'll be back soon. Bye.